also known as the Varaha Millennium because the personality of Godhead appeared in that millennium as the Hog Incarnation. Please repeat. O descendant of Bharata, the first millennium in the second half of the life of Brahma is also known as the Varaha Millennium. Because the personality of Godhead appeared in that millennium as the Hog Incarnation. <laughs> Purport. The different millenniums known as the Brahma, Padma, and Varaha Kulpas appear a little puzzling for the layman. There are some scholars who think these kalpas to be one and the same. According to Srila Bishvanath Chakravarti, the Brahma kalpa in the beginning of the first half appears to be the Padma kalpa. We can, however, simply abide by the text and understand that the present millennium is in the second half of the duration of the life of Brahma. So that's the message from what we've read in the last two or three verses, which are kind of confusing as far as this. You know, the kalpas, the names of the kalpas and when things happened. This this one we read yesterday is really uh, in the second day of Brahma, it says the lotus, the Padma Kalpa, Padma Kalpa. The universal lotus grows in that millennium. The universal lotus. So that can't be talking about the lotus from which Brahma is born. Because it happens in the second kalpa. You, you read that yesterday? Or I mean, you read it yesterday. No. I guess. Oh yeah, two days, two days ago. So anyway, Srila Prabhupada admits that it's confusing. And Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur has said that actually these kalpas are the same. Even though it's, it sort of says one comes after the other, they must be the same. Mm -hmm. Well, three at least. Brahma, Padma, and Varaha kalpas appear. Yeah, Oh yeah, Pitrikalpa is the same as. Yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. All, the the Padma Kalpa is also called Pitrikalpa, in certain Puranas. It's a, right. <laughs> so uh, anyway, Srila Prabhupada's statement: We can, however, simply abide by the text, and understand that the present millennium is in the second half of the duration of the life of Brahma. So we got that. Brahma is fifty years old, at least. And heading, like me, heading down, you know. I guess I suppose he's not like me, but let me just, uh, text 38 is kind of got a little more to it and it's kind of interesting. I thought if it's okay, I'll go ahead and do that one. <clears throat> text 38 Kalo yam dwi parad yakyo nimesha. Upacharyate Ayakritasyanantasya 
Hyanader Jagadatmanaha Hyanader Jagadatmanaha That translation, the duration of the two parts of Brahma's life, as above mentioned, is calculated to be equal to one Nimesha, less than a second for the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is unchanging and unlimited and is the cause of all causes of the universe. Purport, the great sage Maitreya has given a considerable description of the time of different dimensions, beginning from the atom up to the duration of the life of Brahma. Now he attempts to give some idea of the, some idea of the time of the unlimited personality of Godhead. He just gives a hint of his unlimited time by the standard of life of Brahma. He just gives a hint of his unlimited time by the standard of life of Brahma. The entire duration of the life of Brahma is calculated to be less than a second of the Lord's time. And it is explained in the Brahma Sangita 548 as follows. I worship Govinda, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the cause of all causes, whose plenary portion is Mahavishnu. All the heads of the innumerable universes, the Brahmas, live only by taking shelter of the time occupied by one of his breaths. So, Brahma, I mean, Lord Mahavishnu's life is also somewhere between this one second of the Supreme Person and Lord Brahma's life. Because obviously the, the breathing out and breathing in takes longer than a second. So Mahavishnu's experience of time, or I mean, he's the same as the Supreme Lord, but for uh, purposes of getting things done, producing material um, universes, material realm for conditioned living souls. Uh, it seems there is difference in time of those two dimensions, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna and Mahavishnu. To me, from what I read that, seems seem like that. Interesting <laughs> thinking about it. The impersonalists do not believe in the form of the Lord and thus they have they would hardly believe in the Lord's sleeping. Their idea is obtained by a poor fund of knowledge. They calculate everything in terms of man's capacity. They think that the existence of the Supreme is just the opposite of active human existence. Because a human being has senses, the Supreme must be without sense perception. Because a human being has a form, the Supreme must be formless. And because a human being sleeps, the Supreme must not sleep. Srimad Bhagavatam, however, does not agree with such impersonalists. It is clearly stated herein that the Supreme Lord rests in Yoga Nidra, as previously discussed. And because he sleeps naturally, he must breathe. <laughs> and this Brahma Sangita confirms that within his breathing period, innumerable Brahmas take birth and die. There is complete agreement between Srimad Bhagavatam and the Brahma Sangita. 
Eternal time is never lost along with the life of Brahma. It continues, but it has no ability to control the Supreme Personality of Godhead because the Lord is the controller of time. In the spiritual world, there is undoubtedly time, but it has no control over activities. Time is unlimited, and the spiritual world is also unlimited since everything there exists on the absolute plane. Om my Gyanatimiranda Shagyananjana Shalakaya Chapshuram Meditanyan Tasmai Shri Gurvayanama. I was born in the darkness of ignorance. Our spiritual master, Shri Prabhupada, is opening my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances unto him, all members of Shri Parampara. <clears throat> Six thirty-seven and thirty-eight. Tomorrow's will be thirty-nine. Right, Mataji? Tomorrow's verse thirty-nine. Odissinan of Bharat, the first millennium in the second half of the life of Brahma is also known as the Bharaha millennium because the personality of Godhead appeared in that millennium as the hog incarnation. The duration of the two parts of Brahma's life, as above mentioned, is calculated to be equal to one Nimesha, less than a second. For the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is unchanging and unlimited and is the cause of all causes of the universe. So first of all, I thought I would try to retell a story that I heard from, as I heard, either from the Padma Purana or Vishnu Purana. I think it's the Vishnu Purana that illustrates this thing about uh, Lord Krishna's life being, you know, a second for him and so many things for us. I mean, millions of lives and whatnot and one life of Brahma. So Narad Muni was speaking to Lord Vishnu. You can fill in if I, if I miss because I'm sure I don't tell this right, but this is what I heard. Narad Muni was speaking to Lord Vishnu and he asked him, um, what is this Maya? He was explaining. And from what I remember, Narada had some little bit of a attitude. Please forgive my offenses, but Nard Muni was a little thinking, I'm not, I'm a little bit above Maya. I'm not really affected by it, but I'd like to understand it a little better. So what is this Maya? And so Krishna says, yes, first get me a glass of water and I'll tell you. I'll explain that. So uh, Narada looks around and he sees some little light off in the distance. There's a village down there. So he heads off to get a glass of water. Knocks on the door. A beautiful young woman comes to the, answers the door, and you know, oh, hello. I'm. <laughs> could I please have a glass of water? And uh, gets a glass of water. Make a long story short, Nard is knocking on that same door the next day. I don't know to see this beautiful person and and ask more about her. You know, or you know. Anyway, and to make another long story short, from what I heard, he marries her, and they have a family, they have a house, and time goes on. Finally, there's a terrible storm and floods. Um, everything gets washed away. The house is gone. Narda can't find anyone. He's, he loses his children, his wife. And uh, I heard this one, one thing that he Narda's, you know, being washed 
down in this huge torrent of water and he looks over and he sees this low little leaf floating down the water and Krishna baby Krishna's on there and he's sucking his toe you know like a little kid does just floating down the water on this leaf so then finally Narada gets washed up on a beach somewhere and he looks and he sees his two feet you know he's struggling to get it just gotten out of the water and he looks up and there's Krishna and Krishna says Narada where have you been I've been waiting for half an hour so <laughs> that's Krishna's time as opposed to Narada's time. That tell that is that somewhere close to I mean okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, so uh how many years passed for Narada? Well I don't know, but he you know he got it got married and had a, so many things happened. So that was the lesson about Maya how so Lord Mar and then Art think, thinking maybe I, I'm not fooled by Maya, but actually. <laughs> so uh, now there's there's one other thing about this this idea. Um, what was that? Oh my goodness. One other thing that was kind of nice about that whole thing is the time of, well, <clears throat> the other thing I thought of doing, because I didn't have a lot to say about that, is I had, I brought some nice things that I could read. Um, one is some things about Srimad Bhagavatam, because I was reading this Bhaktisiddhanta by Baba book and there's a section in here where um, Saraswati Thakur talks about the Srimad Bhagavatam and the Chaitanya Charitamrita and how you know how they're in his mind related to each other. It was pointed out in here that uh, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur would often make comments when he was preaching that were kind of shocking and different from what anybody had ever heard before. You know, he was, people got almost used to this thing. So I, I read a couple of those, and one of the things was it's, it gave us an, as, a, as an example. Uh, he said, uh, we don't worship um, Krishna because he's connected. Oh, we don't worship Radha because... We don't worship Krishna because he's connected with Radha, but we worship Radha because she's connected to Krishna. Is that right? Oh my goodness. Anyway, it was kind of saying that, that Radha is, is, is important for us. I'm going to say more important than worshiping Krishna, but because she's, she is the example of, of us a pure servant in all ways that that uh, you know she is important and, she, and she's connected it's the reason that she's con connected with him do you remember anything about that dear if you don't remember that statement uh, oh my goodness does that make sense we don't worship 
we worship Krishna. We don't worship Krishna because he's connected with Radha. I don't believe it starts that way. We worship Radha because she's connected with Krishna. No, it's, it's actually the opposite. We don't worship Radha because she's connected to Krishna. In other words, that's not the only reason she's important to us, because she's connected with Krishna. And we worship Krishna because he's connected with Radha. That's saying, that's saying, that's giving you a little different angle on things, saying how important Radha Rani is, especially for us, you know. Yeah, that's the way it works. Huh? Prabhupada once said, like, it was like these devotees arguing about who is the best, and then didn't Prabhupada just say one word, Radha? Oh, did accurate? he? I haven't heard that, but it, it could be. I mean, Prophet's so many things, you know, sometimes in different situations, different things. Considering that, I thought that maybe the, the latter would make more sense. Yeah. Um... My mind's a little foggy right now. There was two other things that were kind of unusual about, or things that were given examples of how Bhaktisiddhanta would say shocking, or, you know, things that, from a different angle that nobody, but I can't get it right now, I'm sorry. Um, I brought a nice statement by, since yesterday was Bhaktivinoda Thakur's disappearance day. I'm just gonna read a statement of his to his son, Srila um, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. It says, uh, it begins with Saraswati. He says, this is instructions to his son. Because pure devotional conclusions are not being preached, all kinds of superstitions and bad concepts are being called devotion by such pseudo sampradayas as Sahajiya and Atibari. I'll try to look up Atibari, but I don't, I, I don't know what that is. Is it something from Gujarat? Extremist. Extremist? Atibari? I saw something about a sect in Gujarat. Yeah. Is it similar? Something similar? I know Sahajiyas, they, they don't accept the regulations, but they... And then they... Uh-huh, they... And they, they take some deviant philosophy. Not, not accepting the regulations, they get into some deviant philosophy. Nine kinds of Sahajiyas. Is that right? Nine kinds. Okay. So he's uh, exhorting his son. Pure devotional conclusions are not being preached. Bad concepts are being called devotions by these groups. Please always crush these anti-devotional concepts by preaching pure devotional conclusions. So it reminds me of what you were saying. You know, you they have this chat line, and all these people are coming in with all these ideas, and you know, especially new agey stuff, all the stuff that's out there. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, please always crush these anti-devotional concepts. And we, you know, we just know this is what our predecessors want we don't have to like hammer people in the head like you know or turn them off we have to be kind and sweet to people but this is what Bhaktivinoda Thakur says please crush these anti-devotional concepts by preaching pure devotional conclusions and by setting an example through your personal conduct oh that's also extremely important 
please try very hard to make sure that the service to Mayapur will become a permanent thing and will become brighter and brighter every day. The real service to Mayapur can be done by acquiring printing presses, distributing devotional books, and sankirtan. That's interesting. Not just by you know, buying land, cultivating donations, and building certain things, any one thing. He says, service to Mayapur will become a permanent thing. The real service to Mayapur can be done by acquiring printing presses, distributing devotional books, and sanctifying, preaching. Kind of interesting. They have huh? They have BBT. They have BBT. BBT. Yeah. What's that? And now I was trying to remember Bhaktivinoda Thakur was said to have three things that he were his main contributions. One was to revive the the real theology of Bhagavad Dharma, and the second was uh, um, to you know discover the the real birthplace of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and the third one was that to develop Mayapur, or the fun. Uh, his books to spread them to the West. Oh, his hundred books. Okay, I was wondering if Mayapur was mentioned in there. Please do not neglect to serve Mayapur and to preach for the sake of your, or to preach for the sake of your own reclusive budget. I had a special desire to preach the significance of such books as Srimad Bhagavatam, Satsandarbha, and Vedanta Darshan. <coughs> You have to accept that responsibility. Mayapur will prosper if you establish an educational institution there. Never make any effort to collect knowledge or money for your own enjoyment. It's amazing that he had to tell about this undecisive that, but maybe for us. Never make any effort to collect knowledge or money for your own enjoyment. Only to serve the Lord will you collect these things. Never engage in bad association, either for money or for some self-interest. So, and then, um, just thinking about our uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, I brought this verse from the sixth canto of 852, my goodness. So, uh, this is from the chapter of King Chitriketo Meets the Supreme Lord. It's uh, chapter 16, text number 41. By the way, Canto 6 is prescribed duties for mankind. And text number 41 reads, Being full of contradictions, all forms of religion, but Bhagavad Dharma work under the conceptions of fruitive results and distinctions of you and I and yours and mine. The followers of Srimad Bhagavatam have no such consciousness. They are all Krishna conscious, thinking that they are Krishna and Krishna is theirs. There are other low-class religious systems which are contemplated for the killing of enemies and for the gain of mystic power. 
But such religious systems, being full of passion and envy, are impure and temporary. Because they are full of envy, they are full of irreligion. Is that power packed? <laughs> My goodness. Srila Prabhupada writes in his purport, Bhagavad Dharma has no contradictions. I was remembering how easily the Chankazi one, Mahaprabhu had his civil disobedience, Harinam there, through Navadweep and went to the Kazi's house and he was hiding. But when they finally got him out and had a little conversation, he pretty quickly admitted that, yes, you know, uh, our scriptures, the Quran, you know, is actually is not very philosophically uh, consistent. I forget how the words are, but but he admitted that pretty quickly. Chan Kazi apparently had been visited by Lord Nrsinghadev. Everybody remember that? <laughs> you, 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 huh? Yeah, he uh, he had this conversation with Lord Chaitanya over philosophy and everything, and it's and it seemed that Lord Chaitanya had convinced him, and I'm sure he did. I mean, seeing Lord Chaitanya, you know, it's, must have been an amazing thing just to see him, and then he's speaking to him, saying that well, we're related, actually, kind of like Kalabash nephew or something like that in our village. He's telling Lord Chaitanya. And then uh, he ends up, John Kazi says, uh, because he had said previously, you know, if you, anyone who, who continues to do this kirtan, I will, I don't know, I will, uh, what was he going to do to them? He's going to convert them to Muslim religions and something other. I'll imprison your family, persecute your, yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. So then he says, uh, he, he promises Lord Chaitanya, I will promise that this Sankirtan will be permitted in my kingdom for the rest of my life and forever beyond it or something from my, my descendants will always allow this, you know. Wow. And, uh, and so then it comes out that he'd had this dream where he was visited by this lion-like figure. And, and uh, I guess Lord Nusingade told him, you know, because you were a little bit, he broke the drums, the Madungas in this house where they were having kirtan. But he said, because you weren't so strong about the whole thing, I'm gonna, I'll let you off easy. But he dug his nails in his chest. And, you know, he, said, he says, I forget what he says. But anyway, the marks were there when Chan Kazi woke up the next day. You know, and looked at that. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, right. He says, if you do stop this, I'll kill all the meat eaters and all your your family and and everywhere. I mean, I remember he said, I'll kill all the all the meat eaters. <laughs> Lord Chaitanya specifically talked to him about meat eating, why you know why they do this in your religion and whatnot. So anyway, Bhagavad Dharma has no contradictions, conceptions of your religion. My religion are completely absent from Bhagavad Dharma. Bhagavad Dharma means following the orders given by the Supreme Lord. There's just a couple of really nice statements in this, and it it's, uh, has a couple of paragraphs. Bhagavad Dharma means following the orders given by the Supreme Lord, Bhagavan. Very simple. As stated in Bhagavad Gita, Dharma, Sarvadharma, Parachaja, 
Mamikam Sharanam Raja. God is one and God is for everyone. Therefore, everyone must surrender to God. That is a pure conception of religion. Whatever God orders constitutes religion. Dharman tu sakshat Bhagavat Pranitam. In Bhagavad Dharma, there is no question of what you believe and what I believe. Everyone must believe in the Supreme Lord and carry out his orders. Anukul Nyena Krishnano Shivanam. Whatever Krishna says, whatever God says, should be directly carried out. That is Dharma, religion. Now it's going to point out what, what happens when there's no clear conception of God, however. I mean, it, may, it sounds simple, the orders of God and carry out his orders, but if there's not a clear conception of who God is, people fight, Srila Prophet says. If one is actually Krishna conscious, he cannot have any enemies. Since his only engagement is to induce others to surrender to Krishna or God, how can he have enemies? If one advocates the Hindu religion, the Muslim religion, the Christian religion, this religion or that religion, there will be conflicts. History shows that the followers of religious systems, without a clear conception of God, have fought with one another. There are many instances of this in human history, but systems of religion that do not concentrate upon service to the Supreme are temporary. That's the other thing I thought was nice. There are many instances of this in human history, but systems of religion that do not concentrate upon service to the Supreme are temporary. It reminds me of what we were reading this morning, Diroji. You know, these people, they wanted to know, so what is, what's really the basic bottom of things in your religion, you know? Come on, give me the, give me the real thing here, you know? And then I'll go out and do what I want to do. But, What does it say? Systems of religion that do not concentrate upon service to the Supreme are temporary. So Srila Prabhupada had insisted that they they serve the order first. You have to serve the order of the Supreme. You want to understand him. What are you going to do to serve him first? <laughs> Follow his orders. Um, so um, religions that do not concentrate upon service to the Supreme are temporary and cannot last long because they are full of envy. There are many activities directed against such religious systems. Therefore, one must give up the idea of my belief and your belief. Everyone should believe in God and surrender to Him. That is Bhagavad Dharma. I guess we're kind of, it's nine o'clock, so does anybody have any comments? <coughs> No. Nothing about the Bhagavatam verse we read? Or? It's that Shivaram Swami video. Have you guys seen it? It's like two minutes long. Mm -hmm. Where he talks about the spiritual but not religion. Uh, he wraps it up really nicely. Man. Oh, right. Yeah, I want to see that. He just talks about like the, like the descending and the ascending paths of knowledge and how obviously we receive knowledge through a descending because it's coming from a perfect source and and we accept that perfect knowledge coming from the perfect source whereas people nowadays you know my truth is my truth Jivananda has been really going on with a lot of but then in Shivaram you know appropriately creates you know makes this two minute long video discussing these espionage where essentially nowadays everyone is trying to do their own thing and it's just because you know everyone has the right to have their own truth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they have the right to become an authority. Right. And religion and, and and it's like all kinds of things. So anyway, 
lot of things that Bhakti Vinod is saying in there to, uh, to Bhakti Siddhanta just kind of reminding me of what's, what we're seeing today. And it's very much rampant, uh, what's happening in society <coughs> through this uh, ascending mm-hmm. process. Always thought, reasoning. I always thought that was a good strategy to ask someone, so who is your authority? Or, or do you have a scripture about that, you know? We recently did that. <laughs> you can ask them, are you the authority? Are you saying that you're an authority? Well, we, you know? Yeah, we recently <laughs> asked a person about, you know, their sources. Um, partially so, we can't really give an answer because mm-hmm. a lot of it's just being concocted, you know? Yeah, right. It's like Jivananda says, like just grabbing from here and there and trying to put it together, like you get a hundred dollar bill and it's been created by all these different currencies. We've tried to take it to the bank and you can't cash it in. It's worth nothing. Gee, by you get that analogy. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just print my own hundred dollar bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes time to cash it in, good luck. That's great. Right, you can't fool the bank. That's really nice. I like that. It's a, it's a great analogy. Yeah. It's kind of reminding me. Hmm. Okay, I'll read these some of these things later. Friends, Raj, Srimad, Bhagavatam, Ki, Jai, Srila Prabhupada, Ki, Jai, Oh, Prima.